This is the sports show we've all been waiting for. Connoisseurs of Sport features two sports enthusiasts who go beyond statistics to help you interpret the sports you love in new and refreshing ways. The scout will help you spot players and teams that have the makings of true greatness without having to rely solely on fickle statistics. And the GM will help you understand how it goes on behind the scenes, translate into what happens on court or on the field. Get ready, because no one else does it like the connoisseurs of sport. Episode 41. Well, 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 guess what? We are back to NBA playoffs and headlines. Uh, last week, it was so much fun to join you guys dealing with the NFL draft. We'll get back to the NFL, but now, guess what, Scout? What? We're going to go fast and furious this time. Oh, you know speed what I, round. Yeah, speed and I, yeah, and I mean it. Now, you like to pontificate. <laughs> you like to expound. As the football GM will say. Yes. But maybe not this time. Maybe not. We'll see. So, yeah, but yeah, I'm, I'm on a clock tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Obviously, we give you the detail. I like to do that sort of thing. But tonight, as the basketball GM says, we're going to be going rapid fire here. Yeah. Now, you, you're still going to give us the detail. It's just we're going to make it really exciting. So are there any words you want to put in before I put you on this clock? All I'm going to say is it's conference final time, and we're going to get into it. And I'm ready to go. <laughs> so here we go. First up, though, before we get to the playoffs, is Dwight Howard. Um, now, in the show notes, what I wrote, Scout, is Dwight Howard is pathetic. Um, he had an interview with Jackie McMullen for ESPN. Uh, he talked about all of his trials and tribulations. I thought I was reading Job from the Bible. Uh, you know, oh, him playing with Houston is not going how he thought it would. He doesn't know what's wrong with he and, and uh, crazy man, Euro stepping his way. Um, oh, the beard? Yeah, the beard. Yeah. He, Playing with Kobe, oh, you know, they just didn't click. He doesn't know why, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, oh, oh let's not forget what their GM did. Right? Daryl Mari, yes. Yeah. Who we have talked about quite a bit on this show. Uh, Mr. Analytics, right? Yeah. Uh, really laid the wood to the gentle giant. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, he went to him, not to the coaching staff, to him, about his touches, and he said, uh, we don't want you to have the ball, essentially. Right. Just give us some quick thoughts on the great Dwight Howard. Uh-huh. It, all I have to ask is, would he like some cheese with his wine? <laughs> I mean, it is ridiculous. Look, it's ridiculous. I don't even know how he engineers these interviews. We were talking about this. That's a strong word. He's not engineering anything. Well, and also, don't forget, yeah, he was on Inside the NBA as well. And he was on NBA TV that same night. <laughs> oh, I didn't, I didn't even know that. So yeah. This has been a world tour of whining and crying, trying to get us to like him. I don't even know what else to say about a grown man trying to get me to like him. Yeah. That in and of itself is just, I mean, come on. It's like the guy from Seinfeld, hold me, feel me, love me. Yeah. Oh, that's him. That's good. What's that, the dry clean or something? Anyway. <laughs> That the point is, and I don't know how much further we could even go with this. Yeah. Okay, Dwight, cut it out. 
Yeah, and and look, he was getting advice from the inside the MPA crew, like he was some kid. Anyway, and let's just say this before we end: Shaq has been was right about him all along. Yes, we were very resistant to Shaquille O'Neal's criticism of Dwight Howard way back. I think even in the Orlando days, mm-hmm. Shaq was like, "No, pretty much he's soft." I'm paraphrasing. He's soft. He needs to be doing this. And we were fair, we defended Dwight Howard, and Shaquille O'Neal was absolutely right. Shout out to Shaq. You had it from day one. That's all I have to say. Look, if Shaq says something about big guys, listen. Um, next, T. Lou. Tyron Lou knows whose team the Cavaliers are, and I'm going to tell you, it ain't LeBron's. <laughs> this is a family show, too, so we have to be careful with this one. We do. Yeah. Uh, Coach Tyron Lou basically told LeBron to shut the uh, blank yeah. up. Okay, while he's coaching. Fudge. You know, LeBron was doing that with the previous coach. I won't say his name because I respect him in, in, in this in this uh, portion of the show. Yeah. So, you know, LeBron likes to run his mouth, not with T. Lou. Okay? No. Go ahead. What, what are your thoughts on that? I, perfect. <laughs> T. Lou. Okay. Big time move. Now, see, here's the thing about, and this is my take on this, okay, we all know about LeBron James and his coaches. What do we know about him? That he gets them fired and or he puts them, <laughs> they're in, they're always in hot water. Let's put it that way. Right? <laughs> Even Spolster, through his successes, it was always this reported rift between mm-hmm. LeBron's camp. Because remember, it's always his camp. It's never just him. It's this infamous camp. Um, you always hear about this via the great uh, Chris Broussard, who always has great. Scoop. Wait a minute, who always ha- I mean, wait a minute now. I'm trolling. Who always has the inside scoop of LeBron and his cat. Now I'm of the mind that they feed him whatever they want him to say, of course, for their purposes. But nevertheless, I digress. Um, LeBron James, back to him. He always has his coach taking the, the fall if something's going wrong. It's always the coach's fault. I'll put it that way. Mm-hmm. And even Eric Spoelstra went through this um, when they and they had won two titles, and we saw this kind of you know fraying. And then LeBron, you know, as he does, he moves on. Yeah. Um, now in this case, David Black allegedly. Oh, you said his name. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. That's okay. Sorry, but you know, we, we respect his coaching acumen. We're David putting Black. respect on David. We're putting respect. Right. Uh, allegedly was let's say um, massaged out by LeBron James. How's that? <laughs> okay. Now <laughs> T. Lou comes in. Yeah. And, and he was the assistant coach. Yes, he was the yeah. assistant. Mm-hmm. And probably now, if I'm him, I say, well, they already got black fired. Yep. It's no way they could turn around and fire me immediately. I'm laying the gauntlet down. And I wonder what happened in, when he was promoted. What he told. Right, with this discussion of I'm not dealing with that. He's not going to undermine me. Yeah, believe in that article was something about the the team felt like they were playing for LeBron instead of with him. Yes, right. Because you know LeBron likes to do his whole thing like he's this coach, and you know everyone feeds this idea that he has this great basketball IQ. Yeah, Yeah. and and the quote "my guys" unquote. Right, my guys, my guys, my guys. There's a weird thing going on with him and that, but um. It, 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 T. Lou shut it down, shall we yeah. say? And and, and yep. And just also to add, uh, Scout, we talked about this earlier during the regular season, but Lou really is starting to get LeBron, Kyrie, and Kevin Love mm. 
to play together. If you look at the last game that they lost in Toronto, those three guys did not play well together. Right. They, so, and that is the key. So I, I'm looking to the next game to see what adjustments that Coach Lou makes to get that uh, going again because I think he's done a great job so far. He has. We talked about, on, I believe, before the show, before we went in the football for the draft, we talked about the movement that's going on within their offense, mm-hmm. um, especially with Kevin Love. We know Kyrie especially can get his own shot on anyone at any time. LeBron's also can, LeBron also can be a bit of an ISO player to a degree. LeBron Kevin knows, Love, yeah, LeBron can get his offense going. Yeah. yeah, Kevin Love needs the movement. He needs a post up every now and then, something that's not a standstill three, mm-hmm. which is what he was relegated to. Now, it's my belief, now again, I have no proof of this, but it's my belief that LeBron likes to play a certain way, and if a coach is weak, he will override him and not allow certain things. I believe the same thing happened all the way back to Mike Brown's days. I believe he got run over. And can I just say, it it may not be that the coach is weak. It may be that the coach is in a weakened position. Yeah, right, right. Mm -hmm. Um, With the ownership and the relationship with LeBron. And now remember, the cash money that LeBron generates. So the owner is going to, I mean, this is how the life works and the world works and this country works. Mm Mm-hmm. They're, the the owner is going to listen to him. He's yeah, cash cap. Yes, so. and you know LeBron is a star for a reason. You yes. know we don't we don't want to uh, dump everything on LeBron completely, right? Um, but I, I just I want to make sure that the three of them keep playing well together because I think that they have a real shot of winning this year. I agree. Um, we will get to Golden State later on in this episode. I I've been talking to you offline. Scout mm-hmm. about this. I just don't. I, I see that there are chinks in the Golden State armor, and this was even before they started yes. playing Oklahoma City. I was saying this. Okay, so just to put that out there, let's move forward. Though the NBA draft lottery happened. Yes, it did. Uh, the Seventy Sixers are the victors, right? Eh, yeah, I suppose they get the first pick, and they then the, the Los, pick. The Los Angeles Lakers will welcome its new coach. Uh, you know, Mr. And, Luke Walton, Mr. Luke Walton with the second pick, and on down the line we go. So, quick, right? The, well, yeah. this is important for um, us Laker fans, <laughs> okay? All uh, Laker Nation out there, whatever you want to call it, because the Lakers, if they were outside of the three pick, had to give that pick up, I believe, to Philadelphia, was it? I think so. Yeah, so that was big. They keep the pick, and they have the number two pick in the draft where we have two really almost neck and neck prospects mm-hmm. um, Simmons Ben and, Simmons and, and Ingram yep. and I have been a strong Ingram guy yes but recently I've been watching more Simmons and it's one thing I overlooked with him mm-hmm. and that's the playmaking ability in the passing ah and he is such a fluid athlete so while Ingram has the edge in the perimeter game and maybe he's a more developed scorer at this scorer at this point Simmons, especially shooting Wow. Yes, yeah. Simmons is the is the better playmaker by a margin. So now, I, who do you I think? Understand. Now, who do you think? Just dealing with those two guys because we're uh, assuming they're going to be the top two picks. Yeah, uh, unless lightning strikes someone in the head. Well, we do have the Sixers at one. So if there's anyone that's seven feet tall, the Sixers may pick them. So you have to be careful. They love drafting seven footers. They do it every year, and that's why they are where they are. Now look, <laughs> right? But anyway, let's just assume those two are chosen first and second. Yeah. Who do you think would be a better fit for which team? 
Um, I think Ingram's the better fit for the Lakers. This, just because I think Simmons is a skill overlap with D'Angelo Russell, even though he's a guard. D'Angelo Russell and also Randall to a degree. Yeah, and that's D'Angelo Russell and Randall on the Lakers. Yeah. On the Lakers right now. If that's the, that team stays intact, you get you got to have some outside shooting. Mm-hmm. And you have Jordan Clarkson, true, but you need more than that. So I think the mix there is better for the Lakers with Ingram. That does not mean you can't make it work, but I just think looking at it schematically right now, that's how I see it. And again, that doesn't, we don't know what, what Simmons is going to be regarding development of a jump mm-hmm. shot. We don't know that, but just right now, I think that's the better move. I think the Sixers will be well served to take Simmons, mm-hmm. um, which I think is what it's been reported they're leaning that way. If you believe in that, those kind of reports, but and I think the Lakers is the better fit that way. Yeah, because the Sixers, you're saying, will benefit from having a playmaker. Yes, yeah, absolutely. But yeah, I, just for the record, I am thoroughly impressed with Ben Simmons as well. I've been watching more recently. I just want to reiterate that, and I'm really on the fence somewhat again. Because the, mm-hmm. they're, they're just different. They're yeah. At this point now, they're different. Yeah, and I, that's why I asked that question. I think it depends on who the team is. Yeah. Uh, that'll tell us uh, which of the two is a better fit. All right. Uh, the unanimous winner of Rookie of the Year. <laughs> oh, we got another unanimous. See that? See that? I, I tricked you there. Yeah. Unanimous winner of Rookie of the Year this year's Carl. Carl Anthony Towns, center for the Minnesota Minnesota uh, Timberwolves. Uh, yes. This is the fifth time that the Rookie of the Year winner was uh, voted unanimously. Which works a little more for me, okay, than the MVP thing. Which we're I'm not there yet. A lot of time on. Oh, we're gonna get that. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, we're not there yet. See that? See everybody? The scout is blood is boiling. I can't already. help it. I can't help it. We're but sticking with your boy, Carl Anthony. Congrats. Yes, let's congratulate Carl Anthony. We. Everyone that listens knows how the scout feels about Carl Anthony Towns. Remind um, us. I, I'm a huge fan. I love him. I think he's going to be a dominant player in the league as we move forward. Um, not only skill set and ability, but disposition, I think, is going to vault him. Like, we talked about him versus Anthony Davis um, in, the, in the Who You Got episode we did. We may have to do another one of those, but we did a Who You Got. Um, I believe you took Anthony Davis and I took Carl uh, Anthony Towns. Yeah. And, and the edge for me with Towns, I mean, we still are going to have to see here because we have two immense talents but his disposition he plays with more fire to me and Anthony Davis as you said is the more fluid yeah player mover, now the you player. know in the who you got to, to come to my defense you have to defend yourself they're both great I, I'm joking oh okay now, kind of now to come to my defense <laughs> <laughs> the question for me would be when now if you're talking about who you're gonna draft if they're in the same draft class that's one question or yeah. If you're taking them now. So if I'm taking them now, I would probably give the slight edge to Davis. If I'm drafting them, let's say they're in the same draft class, I'd probably go with Towns because of what you said. Yeah, Uh, You're right. And again, we haven't talked defensively. I think Anthony Davis is the better defender. Oh, yeah. He's like a blanket. Right. So, you know, six in one hand, half dozen in the other, however the saying goes. Um, But again, congratulations. We love Carl Anthony Towns. Yes. Okay. So big time move. Excellent. Now season, I should say, not move. <laughs> For the main event, Stephen Curry is the first unanimous winner of the NBA MVP award. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've had lots of reactions to that. 
Uh, Tracy McGrady responded by saying that the league is watered down. He did congratulate Curry, though, and really, everyone, if you don't know what he said, check it out. We have a link. Um, it's not as bad as you may think it is based on some of the coverage. Um, my question is, what about Clay and Draymond? Uh-huh. This is always the question with us. Look, um, Steph Curry. Can I, can, before you go into it, can I ask you this about this part of it? Yes. Unanimous. Unanimous. That's, That's the first one. Yeah. yeah, that's the the real issue here. It's look, Steph Curry had a a historic season shooting the ball. No one's doubting that. Okay, no one's saying he doesn't deserve the MVP. He doesn't deserve accolades and adulation. I'm saying, but, but the level of it is just nauseating. Yeah, I'm and saying the media is out of control with this dude, and it's so bad to your point that yeah. if someone makes any statement that isn't isn't exaltation. Mm-hmm. of Steph Curry, they turn it into some negative. LeBron said something that was not negative. I don't have the quote, but they, they asked Steph Curry about it and tried to make it into some negative he thing, was, and he, yeah, he was ta- his way into some answer. Yeah, he was talking about most valuable versus uh, like outstanding or something and the definitions change. And we know LeBron isn't always the best at expressing himself with complex thoughts. <laughs> it may have come out a certain way that seemed negative, but it was not. And of course, they take this to Steph Curry, and he, yeah. you know, starts mumbling because we can't tell what he's saying all the time. But mumbles up some answer about how he's, uh, you know, tired. You know, I've learned not to listen to people when they criticize me. You know, because he's beyond criticism. Look, don't get me started on this entire fiasco. Look, okay, because you know, it's just, it's just a thing again. That's why there's so many people out here that do not like him. It's not him. We don't know the guy. We don't dislike him in, in a personal way. It's this media. And also, my another issue I have is outside of basketball, this idea that he's humble. Mm. That bothers me because he is not. He acts like a complete fool on the court, taunting people, and which is fine. I don't have a problem with that, but it's when, oh, he's so humble. No, he ain't. And he's the one who said he's the best clutch player since Jordan after he, he made... Right. He said all kinds of things. I and mean, at, so and that was... But, but Scott, that was after he made his first game winner, right? It was something like that. It was ridiculous. Yeah, yeah and, and look, y'all, they love calling people arrogant. He's no different, and you need some of that to be great. I understand yeah. that, but can yeah. we start with the he's humble bit? Um, and, and can we start with giving his teammates some credit? I mean, we've talked mm. about this consistently on this show. The makeup of the Golden State team is unique. Yes. It's effective for this league. It allows Steph Curry to do what he does, especially this season. Everything is geared toward him being nice and fresh and having space to shoot the whole offense and defense. He doesn't play defense. Right. So he, he takes it off on half of the game. Yeah. And then on offense, they make sure they set screens. They do all kinds of other things, the cuts and everything else. Right. To get him open. And the thing about them, and this is always the case in basketball with space, but especially for the Golden State Warriors, it's a space thing, and especially on that team for Steph Curry. Yeah. Take a look at what he's doing, everybody. Take a look at when he takes his shots. It's when he can get space. That's why it doesn't matter where he is on the court. We were talking about this scout. Yeah, you're really the heat. Look, folks, the GM is really the scout. When he when we come to Golden State talk, he really, I think, has a great point of view when it comes to that team makeup. So I'm just going to let – I'm going to let you – 
Oh, and I'm nice. men. Right, because you had the whole space bit. Even we understand the space, but you took it even a step further with him. Yeah. Which is that is the really driving force for the three point shot from him, even though he's, you know, great at it. You know, no again, I say it, I'll say it again. No greater shooter in history. He is on Mount Rushmore. If I mean, you know, again, we can get to the greatest ever stuff. I don't do that, but there's no greater shooter. He's remarkable. But what what did you have to say about that? In regards to space? Yeah. Yeah, it's he just wants space wherever he is. So that's why he'll step back into a three-pointer because he knows behind that three-point line he's going to have space. Right. And this is also why, everybody, take a look when he has a guard defending him or when they switch and he has a forward or maybe a center, unfortunately, on him. The forwards, the centers, the bigger guys, they tend to – go with what's traditional for guarding shooters, you put your hand in their face. Mm-hmm. Steph Curry don't care about your hand. No, he does not. Steph Curry <laughs> wants to feel space around his body. Right. So if you have Rus- Russell Westbrook guarding him, take a look at Russell Westbrook's body. He's not leaning forward. His pelvis is closer <laughs> right. to the body of Steph Curry, and that's when you create problems for Steph Curry. Yeah, so- he's closing off that shooting shoulder. That's exactly right. And that's when he's going to need a screen to get him off of him. He wants to switch. He loves to see a big guy. Please bring them. That's what he's thinking. And you know what was really clear? I believe it was game one we were watching. And I think they ran two or three consecutive screens until I believe they got Cantor on him. Like they they were trying to get the right switch. They've taken it to this level. Yeah. And, And then what they also do is negate all of the nuances and strengths of the rest of his teammates. I agree. You, and you mentioned offline, Scout, about uh, Iguodala saying that when he was out, when he was yeah. injured during this playoffs, when he was saying, look, we can do all these other things. We just can't shoot yeah. that. Yeah. You know, uh, So because even looking at and uh, tonight's game just ended, and this is Sunday night, everybody. Uh, so game three just ended between Golden State and Oklahoma City. It was a blowout win for Oklahoma City. Hmm. We started recording in the fourth quarter because we knew it was over. Yeah, a long it, was time ago. it was that bad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, and my question watching it is why are they sticking to this one thing when you have all of these players who can do many things? It just, uh, and, and then we get to the coaching. So let's go right to this game now so yeah. to, to round this out. Mm-hmm. Billy Donovan, coach of the Thunder. Mm. We discussed him in regards to their matchup with the Spurs. We both chose the Spurs to win, mm-hmm. and obviously they did not. Right. And but we did talk about it in that first game where he didn't have enough time to prepare. And right. then you look at what happened in game two and moving forward, you start going, well, wait a minute, maybe Billy Donovan knows what he's doing. And then in this series, mm-hmm. regardless of whether they win or lose, that man earned yeah. his check and more. I'm gonna tell you that. Yes, he, he has. Of, he came out of college and went, Oh no, I know how to coach basketball. Okay. Yeah. yeah Any thoughts about what his job? The defensive game planning, but first of all, they're just switching everything to take away the motion, the advantage from the motion. Um, so every it's an automatic switch with Steph Curry. Yeah. Um, when they take him off the ball and run him and run him across the uh, what, what I'm looking for the had had the court you know, and the half court set and that kind of thing. We kind of see it. Let's just say running around. Mm-hmm. Um, they're <laughs> switching that automatically and they're closing off the shooting shoulder. It's a lot of handing off. Um, now. Conversely, when they run the, the ball screen with him, 
they're squeezing it, right? So the big man just what's the, what's the ball screen? It's it's just screen screen roll in mm-hmm. this case, um, the high screen roll where Steph Curry wants to come off and shoot that three. Yeah, or switch it and then do his dribble dance with the big man and shoot a three. Ultimately, it's going to end in a three. So. <laughs> And it, again, this is Russell Westbrook again can recover from the screen. So the big man doesn't, they don't have to switch it as often because the big man can hold his position, which has been standard screen roll defense in this league. Yeah. But the big man can hold it and Russell can come around and close the gap because of his gifts athletically. Yeah. So and, and much of an advantage there. So you'll see right. less of it from Golden State. You'll see less of it. And Westbrook, like you're saying, he's so athletic and his, he has long arms for his size. Yeah, it's just he's the perfect defender to guard Steph Curry. And he has a nasty attitude about it too. Oh, you better believe it. Yeah, so it, it's it's the right combination. Um, but yeah, look, Billy Donovan has I have to give him all the respect in the world. I didn't expect him to be this good coming out of college, fresh out of college. Yeah. Um, but man, it's just been a great job. I mean, I picked the Spurs this week. Oh and yeah! Again, and I'm also pick, picking Golden State to sweep this series, just so everyone knows <laughs> you know how I am with Oklahoma City. <laughs> yes, it's it's a little bit of reverse psychology yes. here. We, we, because we love Oklahoma City, we don't right. want to jinx them. Yeah. Uh, so yes, I expect them to lose uh, every other game. Moving yes. Forward. You expect yes, I'm them? I'm still picking Golden State. Remember, I picked Golden State to win it all. You say it's a sweep, so we're gonna maybe we'll have some, <laughs> maybe he'll be we'll join up with the Legends of Tomorrow and go back in time and change. Yes. Okay, in history. Okay, very good. Now, can you talk to us, since we talked about uh, Billy Donovan's great job so far, and can I also say before I move on from him, this is another a case in which you're seeing that you cannot judge a team solely based on the regular season. Bingo. The beautiful thing about the NBA is you got to play best out of seven in the playoffs. We really see who's better. Yeah. It's not one and done, which works in the NFL. Okay. And yeah. college. In college, so, right. Here, moving over to Golden State, mm-hmm. the coach of the year, <laughs> Steve Kerr. Yeah. What do you think about his coaching efforts? I, I don't. I, I just think he's a, a babysitter, to be honest. Mm. I, I don't. I don't. I mean, they run that that motion offense. I mean, it's really the the players making all the decisions um yeah. you're not going to see a lot of x's and o's from them um because you don't have to right they're, what's an x that what's talented and multi-dimensional um now what i will say is this i think there should be a concerted effort maybe to get draymond involved a little more he suffers when curry plays and you mm-hmm. saw it at its worst tonight. He really does suffer, I believe, um, because he is not involved as much offensively. Yeah. Um, outside of being a screener. Um, I think maybe they need to look at that and say, okay, how do we get him going? Like he was playing when Curry was out. Yeah. Okay. Well, the question for them is, can they do what T. Lou is doing for the Cavs? Can they get yeah. Curry, Thompson? Are they willing to, right? Right. Can they get t- Curry, Thompson, and Green? Yeah. To share more of the scoring. It's really, yeah. And with them, it's like a, it's a handoff thing. Like, it, even with the games before, and I'm thinking even back to, I don't know if that was game one or game two, and Clay kind of went off. Yeah. Um, this tends to happen. Clay has a big quarter, and then Curry will come in in the fourth, and Clay won't get a shot. Yeah, he, yeah, because uh, Clay had 33 points in three quarters. Yeah. And didn't get another attempt yeah, after it, that third quarter. Yeah, they're strangely. <laughs> 
it seems they move the ball a lot and you have all of that, but the ultimate goal is strangely one dimensional. It seems is to get this person, this shot. And this person is Curry. And that is why, yeah, right. <laughs> right. That is why I place an asterisk next, next to his name. Cause I cannot fully judge him. I don't have enough data. Well, when you say asterisk, you mean with who regards to who they compare him to, right? Yes. Yeah. Cause the even, even, I, yeah, no, even, even as a shooter, I have to admit, I put an asterisk there because I've never seen a shooter get this kind of a setup before in history. Now, of course, he has to make the shot. We can't take right. that away. Right. I mean, look, it, it's astonishing, as we've said before, but I still have questions because I don't have enough data. There aren't enough players who've been in this situation because no player has been in this situation before. Uh, the closest I can think of is Reggie Miller. It's closest. Yeah, and, and again, this is why we here at Connoisseurs don't do the greatest ever bit because it's too many va- it's too many variables when it comes to error. Yeah, and we could do an entire show on that. Yeah, and but, I, I like to tease you with it though. I like to. Yeah, but I mean, he is who he is. You know, don't 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 get us wrong. Look, he has uh, he has so many commendable uh, talents and skills. Right. Uh, my problem is that he's not working enough like the rest of his teammates, and they don't get enough praise, in my opinion. Yeah, and that's always been our beef here. And I think um, the last thing I'll say about it is try and picture him in what I call a closed offense or more so put him in Portland with less talented teammates. If you watch how Damian Lillard plays when he comes off of those screens, he gets squeezed because he has guys out there that cannot threaten. And I'm talking about like Plumlee. If you remember, if anyone remembers that series with Golden State, they were running away from Plumlee. Yeah. Right. El Farouk Aminu was making some shots, miraculously, but he's not a playmaker. <laughs> really, him and CJ McCollum, who has the skill sets. That's right. Right. So if you put, try and imagine Curry in that situation where you have defenses jumping you because they don't have to worry about the likes of a Draymond Green or, I mean, you have McCollum, but McCollum doesn't stretch the floor. No. Like Clay does, right? No. So it's a different setup. And the question is, again, as you said, GM, what happens then? Yeah, and conversely, what if you put Lillard right on the Golden State Warriors replacing Curry? What would happen then? You think he's not going to make some shots? Yeah, and it's not to say that now Lillard is not the shooter. Curry is pure shooter, but he shoots it well enough. And by well enough, I mean he's a, a, a – I know percentage-wise, people look, oh, but he only shoots 35%, but you got to look at the nature of the threes he takes. Yeah, and, and like what you said, the, <laughs> like what you said, the situation he's in right. on, on his team, and you can't, and this is where I get a beef with like 538 and all of them with these ELO ratings and everything else. Oh, yeah, I don't care what kind of stat you come up with, you cannot fully account for what's going on in real time. Yeah, uh, so, and you know what else I'll say? Um, the thing about it is, and people are, are, are marvel, they marvel at Curry, and they, and they should because of the distance from which he shoots. But as you said, that's a space thing. Whereas I, the tougher shot to me is the one Lillard's taking where he's taking it with someone underneath him or yeah. someone in his face, maybe sometimes two people. See, whenever you have a contested shot, it's always the more difficult shot to me. That's why we love the players we love. It's not about distance with me and that circus show. Okay, <laughs> that way you don't know, be shooting from 28 feet. It's about, to me, the guys that take it down there and defeat defensive confrontation. That's yeah. what I love. Yeah, okay. and Bird, Larry yeah. Bird, that's what I like. Oh, goodness. That's not getting the bird. I'm not even linking that nonsense in here because, please. Uh, and just one more thing, and then we're, we're out of here. 
Yeah. Uh, with Lillard, like you said, yeah, he's not the shooter that Curry is, of course. No, no, we're not here to suggest that. But what happened when Curry was out with Clay Thompson? Well, there, and there's your question. So is Clay Thompson the second greatest shooter of all time? Yeah, maybe it's 1A and 1B. Well, again, and see, this is where you got to stop with the greatest ever because it, this is about eras. They're all better in this era. Yeah. The whole league shoots the ball better. So how can you say someone... He's the greatest shooter right now. If Ray Allen was somehow born now, or he was 11 years old now, what kind of shooter would he be in the the culture that basketball has become? You got it's just too many variables. I would like people to stay away from that talk. I hear it all the time these days. This is the goat. This is the greatest of all time. Oh, this. Please stop it. I hate it. It's like scratching a chalkboard. It's necessary. And as Jim Brown said, it's disrespectful the people that have done it before you and that rant over yeah and and just to one final thing that i want to bring up then we're getting out of here is we last week of course talked about the nfl one thing that i wish that would happen more in the nba is that these coaching staffs would try to come up with ways to exploit their team's advantages yeah and their opponent's disadvantages the nfl is all about that Every decision is based on that. Who are my guys? What can they do? Who are the other team's guys and what can't they do? Playing to your strengths, right? That's right. Case in point, tonight with Ibaka, he made his first three-point attempt, and then that's all he wants to do is stand out there. But when you take a <laughs> look, everybody, what, when was he really successful at getting the crowd involved? Dunking on people. Yeah. Weak side shot blocker. Yeah, you're that's huge. What- you're yeah. huge. Why are you standing on the three-point line? It drives me nuts. And Kevin Durant tonight going in. That yeah. is your advantage. Yes, of course, you can take shots every now and then because you want to keep them honest. But you've got to know where your bread is buttered. And now my rant is done. What are your thoughts on that? Especially playing against Golden State, right? There's too many people that try to play their game. Yes. you got to Right. you got to pound them where they're weak. And and again, we can go back to Billy Donovan on this game one. He had he did not match up with Golden State. He left Cantor and Adams out there and said, you match up with us. Yeah. The, and you the don't lover. see that enough. So again, Billy Donovan taking a stand. Yep. Look, we're pretty good with what we do here too. I'm not matching up with you. Match up with me for a change. Exactly. What You don't have the personnel they have, so how are you going to play their game better than them? You're not. It's a death sentence because they will shoot you out. Look, you can say what you want about Golden State. Okay, haters at all. They will shoot you out of here. You try to play that game. <laughs> yeah, they go, bring it. Please. Yes. And on that note, I'm so glad you brought up the law firm of Cantor and Adams. I, I love that. Hey, um, they're my boys. You know, those are my boys. Yeah. Any final thoughts? Because we out of here. No, nah, I don't have any. Look, enjoy the series, for, folks. It's far from over. This next game will be very interesting coming off of this blog. Remember, as we say all the time, the playoffs is one game when you lose it. And it's a completely different story coming up in the next game. It is, there's no carryover. Don't let people tell you that about this momentum. It does not exist in NBA playoff basketball. That's the beauty of it. So we will see. Again, I'm picking Golden State to sweep. <laughs> want to put that out there? Are you, still picking the, are you picking the Cavs to sweep as well? <laughs> well, no. Well, that yeah. So okay. I don't. Um, I don't. I don't really care. I mean, I just think the Cavs are going to win that series. I know yeah. Toronto took a game off of them, but I don't see an avenue or a path to them winning that series. So I'm going to assume. Yeah. I'm sticking with Cleveland there. 
Exactly. Now, so everybody, I think next week, Scout, we're going to bring some tennis to the folks. French Open's going on. Yes, Grand Slam time. Yep, so we'll, we'll do that. for the French. That's right. So we'll bring you some French Open thoughts. Uh, maybe we'll sprinkle in basketball. Depends. I don't know. But regardless of what we do, everybody, you can count on us bringing you the Scout's wonderful thoughts and my craziness. Wonderful <laughs> mix. Every week. And with that, we'll catch you next time. Listen to Connoisseurs of Sport every Monday at DailyDynamic.com.